funny, you know, uh, I, I've come to realize over time that one of the hardest things to find is actually resources. You can have the best idea, you can have in your mind what you want to do, and it could be perfect, but if you don't have the resources to help execute it, then it's worth nothing. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Ah, just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fun That Flip, you know Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fun That Flip and their sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you got to do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've got to qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Tom Wheelwright, who is Robert Kiyosaki's former CPA. Highly recommend listening to that episode if you're interested in 1031 exchanges and self-directed IRAs. Just Google his name and my name and it'll come up. Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. And with us today, we have someone who Better Homes and Gardens says is one of the top 10 most innovative brokers in the country. How you doing, Michael Meyer? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Nice to have you on the show and really looking forward to diving in and a little bit about Michael and then he'll get into it in more detail. He is the founder and principal of the aforementioned brokerage. Meyer International Real Estate. It's a property marketing brokerage firm. He's an expert on pricing, negotiation, marketing strategies. Him and his team have done over 500 transactions. And as I mentioned, Better Homes and Gardens has said about his company, they're one of the top 10 most innovative brokers in all of the country. Pretty impressive stuff. He's based in New York City, New York. And you can say hi to him at his website, which is linked in the show notes page. With that being said, Michael, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on this show. You have some great people here, so it's an honor to be counted amongst those. A little bit about me. So, yeah, my name is Michael Meyer, M-E-I-E-R, and I have a real estate brokerage, a boutique firm in Manhattan. I've been in the business for over a decade. You mentioned one of the accolades about us being one of the top 10 most innovative brokers in the country. Uh, that came about uh, 
a little while ago based on some of the video marketing stuff that we did a couple of years ago that got uh, a lot of press for our properties, for our brokerage. And we are always looking for the best use of technology and the best use of people and agents to better service our clientele, buyers, sellers, renters, investors. New York City is such a competitive marketplace in every industry. I lived there for 10 years and I know that firsthand and you're thriving in New York City in real estate. What did you and your team do from a video marketing standpoint that got the recognition? We've done a lot of things. One of the things that we got a lot of press on a couple of years ago was I went into a lot of the properties that we were marketing and we did a lifestyle photo shoot in those homes. So we would get models from top agencies well-known models, we'd bring those models into the homes and we would photograph them in the homes so that we could sell the lifestyle that was in the property. So instead of just selling four walls, we would sell the life you could have there and we would demonstrate that life through use of models and actors. And then since we were already doing that, we brought in a film crew to film the process of photographing inside the apartment. So there was another video angle of showing the apartment, people in the apartment preparing for a photo shoot, which was another way of showing the apartment. And then lastly, I would go around the city on a Ducati motorcycle and I would teach you about the history of the city while I was on my way to go to the photo shoot. And so you would learn a lot about the history, the neighborhoods, and you would do it in a very fast-paced, cool, Ducati, luxury, fast way. And, uh, and the photo shoots were great. So it was a mix of uh, a lot of learning, a lot of history. There was a little bit of a sex appeal to that particular campaign. And... Um, it went through the roof. It was fantastic. Um, and since then, we've done lots of, of different things, and uh, one of which that we're working on right now, which is tremendously successful. But that's uh, kind of where, I guess, where some of it started. What were the results of those properties' sales price compared to other properties that you had been doing in the past or the market average? It's a little hard to give you a specific percentage change because the uh, in Manhattan specifically, the inventory and the trading of hands is less than a lot of other places. So you can make a statistical argument one way or the other for things. What I would tell you is that we got a tremendous, significantly more people to come and see the property. Both people that came to our website and saw it online, the traffic was just through the roof, and people that actually came in person to see it, and everybody that would then come and see the apartments would then comment about how they had seen it online. It went viral, so I never paid for like a penny to you know market it out there on YouTube, and we had a tremendous amount of views. And it was successful, and kind of the proof is in the pudding. Since then, if you go to our website right now, M-E-I-E-R-N-Y-C.com, you can see we have these case studies up there where we show apartments that we've marketed and we show lifestyle videos. So we've actually, um, you know, since we did those photo shoots, we switched into our next phase, which was not having the photo shoot in the home anymore, but actually creating a story of a day in the life of somebody living in an apartment in the neighborhood. So we would hire an actor, a model, they would walk around the neighborhood and you would see, you know, them whether they go for a run, meeting somebody for coffee, going to the Chelsea Market, all these really beautiful, fun, enjoyable, lucky to live in New York City type things. And we would show that and then show them come home to their apartment. So you really see somebody's life in the home of the apartment and see some of them and the case studies on our site. And, you know, there we talk a little bit more about what that did and how that affected things. But it was usually successful, which is why we, you know, we continue to do it. And it's actually led us now to our more current use of video, 
which is we are using Snapchat to a very, very high degree and Facebook Live as well to showcase properties, agents, and the lifestyle here in New York City, which is the kind of the evolution of, uh, you know, kind of we were all almost always building up to this point. And if you look us up now online, you look up, you know, Michael Meyer, Snapchat, or real estate, Snapchat, New York City, you're going to see we're number one because we're spending all our efforts and our times on trying to interact with the public using a very personal medium, which is what Snapchat is right now. What's your budget for the lifestyle photo shoot, the Ducati, and the film that was showing the process of the ph- uh, photography? How much did you spend on that all in? Oh, a lot. Uh, you know, each of those videos, uh, because there were a lot of parts to it. First of all, we hired models, just hiring models in New York City. Each model cost between two and five grand, if like half a day. And then aside from that, we put some of the advertisements of the photo shoots in different publications like Manhattan Magazine. And Manhattan Magazine spreads are like 10 grand. There was just lots of, the, there were lots and lots of different parts of it. So what we were fortunate was we used the buzz and uh, we used the process to sell the apartment for more and to sell it faster and to get attention and so on and so forth. But we got to then repurpose the content in many ways, which then brought more buyers to our firm, which helped us then sell other properties as well. It wasn't like we just created a video, stuck it online and sold the property. We did do that, but then the, you know, we, there was so much investment in that process that we repurposed that process multiple times over for multiple properties in multiple ways makes a lot of sense. I love the repurposing. So specifically, or if you can give an estimate, because you, you mentioned like one piece of it or a couple pieces, but about how much did you spend on that? I don't have the figures in front of me. I would guess for every single video with everything that was all in there, you're talking about, I'm guessing, it's plus somewhere between two twenty to $50,000 that were spent per campaign. A lot. Got it. You said per campaign, and you're defining campaign as how? I'm defining a campaign as um, everything that was tied to a specific property. Every property okay. had a campaign. That campaign was both photo shoots. That campaign was both video. That campaign was both getting all those products out there to the public and what did we do to get it out there, hiring models for it, hiring people to do makeup and all the other things. So there's just a lot of stuff that's involved in that process. And the people that we did it for were fortunate recipients because you know, pretty much most of the commissions made on those properties were spent on the campaigns themselves. But because we repurposed it, we didn't just see it as a one-shot type of thing. ROI was looked at a longer period of time than just specifically that trade. It was marketing, branding tactic as well, which drew us buyers, which got us doing a lot more deals and got the agents in my firm a lot more attention for them to do business themselves. Who manages the process on your side? We have quite a bit of staff over here, you know, marketing directors and then different people that work on a whole bunch of different things, people that work on copy, people that work on photography. We have we have a, a pretty strong support system over here in-house. Okay, so you have a marketing director, you have someone who is exclusively focused on copy? Yeah. Okay, wow. And I, I assume you have a design or design people? We're very design oriented firm and in order to do great work you need great people and you usually need more than one so yeah you know know, we have lots of people that we work with for different things and it's funny you know uh, i've come to realize over time that one of the hardest things to find is actually resources 
you can have the best idea, you can have in your mind what you want to do, and it could be perfect. But if you don't have the resources to help execute it, then it's worth nothing. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to find great people and great talent. And that means finding great agents, because agents are the ones who interact with the public here. And more than nine out of 10 agents that I meet, I don't bring into the firm, because everybody that, that comes into the firm, we want to service in such a great way. And the same goes through for people that do marketing with us and so on and so forth. It's, I'd say it's not easy to come work with us, but everyone that works with us is on the same mission, has the same goals, and uh, is a family over here. I'm going to ask you what I think is going to be a pretty challenging question. You ready for it? <laughs> All right. First, before I ask that question, are you a native New Yorker? I grew up in New Jersey over the GW. Okay. All right, cool. So you're pretty close by. You grew up pretty close by. All right. Will this model work if we were to transplant you from New York City to New York where you're dealing with super high-end listings and we were to put you in Omaha, Nebraska? That's a really great question. I've thought a lot about it because my firm will eventually go national. So these are very good questions. And the answer to that is that we don't get hired for specific acts. We get hired for results. And you're going to do different things in different areas to market different products. So for example, even if, if we were in the same location, let's forget Omaha, Nebraska for a second, right? Let's say Omaha, Nebraska was a neighborhood in Manhattan, right? Let's say there was one neighborhood in Manhattan where the average price was $65,000 for a mobile home or something. And right next to it, you had $6 million homes in the neighborhood next door. Would you do the same things to market both properties? And the answer is no, you wouldn't. They're different products. They're different properties. It's a different target market. And for example, one might even be more investor focused than the other. So you're definitely going to choose different things in terms of how you market it. But the strategy, the philosophy, the perspective, the objective is going to be the same. So in Omaha, Nebraska, if the property price is going to be significantly less than the 1.2 to 1.5 average sale price that we have over here, it's definitely going to affect what you're going to spend on a property. You can't go out and spend $20,000 on a campaign on a property that costs double that or something. Right. Um, at the same time, though, you can think about what was the purpose of that campaign, what was the objective there, why was it successful, what did we learn from it. You know, humans are humans, they have a psychology, they react a certain way. And what can we learn from that experience and translate that into what we can do in Omaha, Nebraska to have the same exact results? For here, for example, a lifestyle fashion photo shoot might be something really appealing, really sexy, really great in Manhattan that's a very fashion-esque, PR-driven, marketing-savvy environment, right? Versus if we go to another location, and I don't want to use Omaha, Nebraska because I don't know what the thing is about Omaha, Nebraska that makes that place special. But there is definitely something about that makes that special and there's something about that place. But let's pick an area. I'm, I'm making up a territory. This is a territory where there's some nice houses and in between every house there are park benches and little tables and people have picnics every day for lunch mm -hmm. and everybody goes out for picnics. So if I was going to focus on that territory, right, I might be doing something about getting people together for picnics, videoing the lifestyle of going out and getting together and meeting other people, enjoying your time with other people, and then showing everybody go to their respective homes nearby. And I would, through video, sell that neighborhood 
through the things that people do there and the things that are meaningful to people. And meaningful to people in that area would be getting together at the picnic benches. And so I would focus on that. And it might cost me less because I wouldn't necessarily need the model to do that because it's different. So I could still accomplish the same goals and I could still use the same medium to accomplish those goals. But of course, you have to translate for the product. That makes sense? You're a marketing genius. You really are. That makes a whole lot of sense. The way your mind works is incredibly impressive. I, I've interviewed a lot of marketing people, and my background's marketing. And I just I love your approach. Thank you. All right, you what, got me a little worried there. I'm like, <laughs> like blow the belt. I was like, what, are you, what is this? What is he going to be asking me here? Oh, back, back when back when you were 12 years old, why did you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sensor button? The pause. <laughs> Here's the question I ask all the guests. Based on your experience and what you can use some of, perhaps give marketing advice as a, a broker, but based on your experience, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors? For real estate investors, so I do invest a little bit aside from you know brokering and what I have always felt to be the most effective in both brokerage actually and in investing is very similar is number one, casting a wide enough net and being very personal, trying to do both as much as you can. So out there in the uh, investing world, uh, you have yellow letters and all these types of personal ways of connecting with people. And I've always felt that regardless of what the business is, the more personal that you can be with people, the more effective you're going to get a response. So if you're looking to flip small homes or in certain areas, if you reach out to people in a personal way, you're going to have a greater likelihood of getting a response, getting a conversation going, and finding out whether there really is an opportunity versus if you try to be put a non-personal commercial, so to speak, that doesn't speak to people, you're not going to get the, the same response. And this is why, once again, we're so leveraged and invested in Snapchat right now, which if I was even focusing on investment, I would be focusing on using Snapchat for investment purposes because it's, it's a very personal medium by which you can you know, connect with people and a personal medium in which you can, people can see who the real you is. And if you're the, the, the real you is somebody who can solve a problem for somebody, somebody's in a distressed situation and you can solve their problem by purchasing their property, then if they see you as a real being, they'll be happier for you to get the deal than for someone else to get the deal. Or if there's someone that has a, uh, you know, a, a larger unit building and you think you can buy it and repurpose it and, add, and, and, and you know, do a value add kind of purchase, if people see you and see you as a very strategic thinker who knows how to take properties and get the best value out of it, then in their mind they're going to think that you might be the type of person who will spend the most for it because you can do the most with it and they'll call you. And regardless of whether you're willing to spend the most or the not, that's not the point. The point is to get the person on the phone talking to you and evaluating the opportunity. So I would just say keep it personal and use whatever mediums that you can to keep it personal. And uh, it's actually something I'm talking quite a bit about right now. I created a, a Snapchat for real estate on Facebook where the whole point of this Snapchat for real estate page on Facebook is to talk about ways to be personal and connect with people. And Snapchat right now is the best medium to, to do that. So that's why I've, been, why I've been using that. And by the way, for any one of you who is on Snapchat, by the way, right now, please look me up at Michael Meyer NYC. And that's Michael Meyer, M-E-I-E-R, N-Y-C. And if you're not on Snapchat, you need to get on it. And I'd love to connect with you in that way so that we can keep it personal and keep it real. Who do you find typically interacts with you on Snapchat? I'm looking specifically for real estate people to connect with on Snapchat. So these are agents, brokers, or investors, because there's a very similar pool across the country. 
who are interested in collaborating and sharing advice and what they do. So one of the things I do Monday through Thursday, four days a week, I have something that I call Snapications. Snapications is a uh, uh, um, one-minute educational lesson in six snaps or less. Okay, so it's one minute every day in which I pick a topic and I discuss a topic. And in one minute, I take what might take me an hour and a half to talk about, and I'm forced to do it in a very short period of time. And then I have so many people commenting about what I'm saying, and oftentimes they're either agreeing or they're relating a similar experience or they're saying, wow, you brought something up that I hadn't thought about, but what about X, Y, and Z? And then I talk about that the next day. So it's just a, a crazy collaborative thing where I'm learning so much from the people that are snapping at me that are communicating with me because they're you know they're they're they don't just say yeah that's great you know they i I usually ask questions i'm looking for interaction it's a relationship tool for me which means i want people to respond i tell people not to lurk don't just hang out and watch you better respond if you're going to be there and so that's kind of what it's been for me and through it i've met a lot of brokers around the country a lot of agents around the country i've met people that i'll end up doing referral business with because you know, I see their lives through Snap, and I see whether they're somebody that I trust and I like. And at the same time, I am giving some great advice to real estate agents to help them increase and change their business, and, and they're giving it to me as well. And we try to get those that are still learning how to use Snapchat for real estate. That's why we created this Facebook real estate Snapchat Secrets is actually what it's called, Real Estate Snapchat Secrets. And we created that so that we can start bringing this content together in one place where people can kind of learn and grow. Love your participation in that as well, of course. Yeah. That's that's what we got going on. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, I have not ventured over to Snapchat. I have a lot of notifications and stuff popping already on my phone, as I know you do too. I don't have the love for it. So I won't be jumping on that, but my team might. Uh, So perhaps I'll I'll find a way to to scale that so my team can. Just a a thought, something to consider is that even uh, one of the things that we have fun in-house is that just by having your people and your team on it, and they get, it, it makes your team work tighter together. So even if you don't use it to communicate with the public, it's just kind of like, uh, it's like uh, if you're on Facebook and someone else you work with is on Facebook and you kind of get to see what's going on a little bit with each other mm-hmm. and helps foster relationships a little bit. So there's lots of different ways to use it. But uh, listen, man, you're killing it on this. So <laughs> uh, you know, I don't need to be giving you advice on, uh, on what tools to use. I think you got that covered. I'm always looking for advice. That's why I do one of the reasons I do this podcast, and I, I love hearing this stuff. Wait, let's jump in the next round. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Um, I hope so. You are. I know you are. From Based on what you've said so far, I know you are. But first, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com. Best ever book you've read. Uh, I would say to try to read everything that you can by Roger Dawson on negotiating. Best ever personal growth experience and what would you learn from it? Uh, I got into a car accident. I hit somebody. He says that I hit him. I think he hit me, but it was from the back and I broke his taillight. And I uh, negotiated into just giving him 50 bucks and letting him drive off. And I ended up doing a multi-million dollar deal with him as a investor with me on a purchase of a townhouse. So uh, that was an experience where I learned to take crazy, terrible situations and then turn them into very profitable situations. (laughs) What's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever 
deal that I've done. Um, I really don't have like one particular deal that I've done. From the real estate agent side, when I do a deal and then the clients invite me over for dinner afterwards and we become friends, it makes my life meaningful, it makes what I do meaningful, and that makes it for me kind of the best deal. So, you know, there's several best deals, but that's, that's for me what makes the best deal. Best ever way you like to give back? I like to educate and train and share what I know. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Uh, earlier on in my career, I tried to do it on my own instead and of collaborating with others like I do now. Who is the first team member that you brought on for collaboration? I'm not looking for a name, but more like a role. Maybe explain the question a little bit further. Yeah, so you said you tried to do it all by yourself when you started, but then now you collaborate. So what role was the first partner? Were they an admin? Were they a brainstorm partner? Were they uh, an agent? Like, what was their role that helped you get to the next? The first person I brought on to collaborate with me was buyer agent so that at the time I could focus on getting listings and specialize in that role while they could focus on working buyers and buyer leads and really help build relationships with those people who are reaching out to us. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Best place that people can reach me is either through our website, contact us. My contact information is there, meirnyc.com, M-E-I-E-R-N-Y-C.com, or definitely through Snapchat. You can find me at Michael Meyer NYC on Snapchat, and lastly at Snapchat Real Estate Secrets on Facebook. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Michael, and sharing your advice with best ever listeners. And the quote that Better Homes and Gardens said about you and your brokerage couldn't encapsulate you and your brokerage better. It really is innovative with what you're doing. You're taking real estate, been around so long, stuffy, in some cases just boring, and you're adding entertainment and aspiration to it. And I love how when we talked about, okay, if it's not New York City, if it's another market, how do you do it? And you focused on what would be meaningful for the people living in that area and capturing that. It doesn't, you don't have to have a twenty dollars to $50,000 budget to do it. Just capturing it in a way that then you can repurpose and, and share that with prospective buyers. And boy, fix and flippers, I hope you're listening up wholesalers, apartment investors like myself. I mean, there's so many different applications for just taking the core concept of this entertainment and aspirational approach that you take to your business and then applying it in many other ways. And really grateful that you're on the show. Really enjoyed getting to know you and learning from you. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on the show. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com.